Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. I'm going to do a, I don't know, maybe a little asterisk to the message um, on competing covenants that um, Tisa and Cece did. Uh, was it? It was last Wednesday, I guess. Um, you know, this is just such a really big topic, uh, covenant. And so I'm going to be um, talking on competing alliances. So, you know, of course, the beautiful covenant of God. I mean, let's face it, none of us were worthy to get to be so fortunate to be in a covenant with him, something so holy and pure and perfect, yet he chose us, yet he did it for us. I mean, that's pretty awe-inspiring. If you have low self-esteem at all, it's hard to whenever you think about that a covenant God said you're his and you're his daughter or son, and you don't have any right to have any kind of low self-esteem because you are made in his image. You have no rights to have any other image other than his. Um, I want to just read just a little something um, as I go into uh, just the just the message. Um, yeah, I'm in, I'm going to do that before I read any scripture. Um, but I can tell you, I will be starting at Second Corinthians six. So if you're going to want to turn to that, then you can. I'm going to actually read it in two versions. I'm going to read it in the Passion and the Message. I love that. I love the message. Do y'all ever read the message? It cracks me up. Um, let me just read this. It says, we are in a powerful and exciting time in history. What a glorious story unfolding before our eyes. We're seeing nations and kingdoms warring for who will stand supreme. Man against man, woman against woman. Yet there's another story being told. It's taking place in the realm in which we don't see. It's sons and daughters proclaiming their divine destinies. What a beautiful story we are seeing. A holy God looked upon his favorite creation, longing to have what he dreamt all along. Now is the time. Now is the time for the awakened sons and daughters to wake the sleeping ones. Are you a sleeping one or an awake one? Awake, very good. Wake the ones who have lost hope. Wake the ones who knew of no dawn. Now is the time. Do not be late. Do not tarry. Love will have the final say. Let this divine love song choreograph your life. It will move you and turn you. It will sharpen you into a threshing instrument. The covenant was always meant to bind together. It was meant to provide safety. It was meant to provide identity. Though mankind failed in its attempt, the God-man Jesus said, I will not fail. I will not come up short. I will take it the distance, and I will be the king of hearts. The covenant provided such shelter such room to grow. 
It provided a place where sons and daughters would grow into their priestly roles. They would minister to the Lord and they themselves would be an offering. While this is most offensive to the enemy, oh, how he hates devotion. This is what we were born for. We were made to rule and reign through divine unity. The enemy will stop at nothing to throw us off course. He will change the narrative. He will distort what is true. He will pervert what is godly. His plan hasn't changed. If he can't stop a person from entering into the covenant, then he will by any means necessary keep them from advancing. If he can keep them to just thinking small, just get them to have no faith at all, surely this king's domain will have no say. The enemy's only hope is to gain the authority of the ones who are in covenant. Since they lost their authority long ago, that's the enemy, since the enemy lost their authority long ago, they need to get it from other humans and they will stop at nothing to reach their goal. So that's a great starting point from what I want to talk about. You know, there's a beautiful covenant that we have been, uh, had the um, privilege of being grafted into. And, you know, he, he can't, he can't yank us out from our covenant with God. But what he does do is he will find ways if we're not keen to what he does to make alliances with the enemy that actually rob us of our destiny. See, alliances come in, there's many different kinds of alliances. I'm going to be mainly talking about, um, there's three different kinds I'm going to be talking about. I'll wait and go into them. But, um, you know, when, you know, there's only two sides, okay? There's only God and there's the enemy. There's not a middle ground, right? There's not a middle ground. I love it because in, um, you know, Jesus said in Matthew, he said, so join with me for, you, for if you are not on my side, you are against me. And if you refuse to help me gather the spoils, you're making things worse. So remember, you're, you're not on, if you, if you haven't chosen God, then you chose there's not, there's not a, okay, well, I just didn't want to choose God, and so I'm just going to hang out here. No, if you don't choose God, you choose the enemy. So that's, there's just, let's just make sure that we all get that, okay? So it's got to be really, really clear on whose side you're going to be on. There's two sides, right? I just, I just said that. There's not a middle ground. There's, there's not a neutral side. You're either with him or you're against him. And so if you're moving with him, then you move with the things that he likes, the things that are about him, the things in his word that he said, if you do this, these are the things that please my heart. I get to align my life with him. And if I make alliances outside the covenant, then I actually begin to build a different kingdom. It's really, it's really, it, it's heartbreaking to think that God's sons and daughters can actually like move the enemy's plans forward. 
that that's really it's it's not a pleasant thought but it happens all the time i i see this happen it happens in churchdom it happens with the spirit of religion you know we claim to be sons and daughters while all the while you know maybe beating people down with religion or you know they just can never be good enough or you know just all the things that religion tries to put on on people. So, you know, the the people of God can actually move the enemy's plans forward and advance it. That's that's just it's not it's not right. Do y'all feel that? It's just not right. It ought not be. It just ought not be. And so we have to be really wise and keen on how we can make the correct alliances in our own hearts and in our relationships that keep our um, keep our walk steady and straight. And, you know, you can either join with people that are going to help you run the race or you can join up with people that you're going to have to overcome the things that they say. And you just get to choose it. And my, my, I, I wish, oh, how I wish. I wish, I wish, I wish. I wish that the people of God and those, and the people that claim to love them, I wish, I wish, I wish that they could, that they could feed them with truth, that they could celebrate them, even if they are not the beneficiaries of their change. See, one thing that I see, I see it all the time, unfortunately. I see whenever, you know, people have been, you know, just in complete hell all their life, you know, and then they finally start having some peace and freedom. And then it never, ever ceases to amaze me that the people that claim love will go against the things that God is doing in their hearts. And so we have to know that's actually an alliance with the enemy. You have actually partnered with the enemy when we don't celebrate freedom and growth in people. So if we have anything jealous within us, and if we look at another person and we actually are jealous of what they get, we are advancing the enemy's goal in your life. And so then you can't celebrate what God is doing in somebody else's life because you wish that you had it. That's advancing the enemy's kingdom in the church. You know, I'll never forget whenever I, you know, I was just, man, I was just so miserable. You know, I, I was coming out of just so much junk. And I, I remember just really wanting to find somebody that could just help me. And I think I've told this story before. I can't remember, but you know, this is whenever I was going to a church and, you know, I was in charge of a ministry and I really felt like, you know, I was doing the thing because I didn't, I, I had a hunger and I had a deep desire and a longing to be free and to have a, a life like, I don't know, in my heart, I just knew it was possible, which I'm living and what I knew was possible. I'm, I'm living it now. This is, this is what I knew that I could have, but I, I didn't even have the exact words for it. But I remember when, you know, I was, I was doing this church thing and I was, um, you know, I was giving them all that I had. And I had, I had friends 
that I was with all the time. And I would have considered them very good friends to me. You know, they were, they were close, you know, I thought that they celebrated me and there was a, um, a prophet guy that came through the church and, um, the pastor then he just had like the leaders, um, of the church come to a little special service and he just prayed over us and he gave me this word And I remember whenever I got it, it really hurt my heart. But he told me that he said, you need to get around people that celebrate you. He said, you have people around you that they don't celebrate you. They're jealous of you. And you need to get around people that will celebrate you. And he he was saying how, um, you know, whenever you're the one that does all the calling, all the searching out, all of the, you know, trying to get together then you know the friendships are off balance. And so he encouraged me to stop calling and see what happens. And I did. I stopped calling. And guess what? They did too. They quit calling. And it was because they couldn't celebrate me. They were jealous. They were jealous of me. And I remember thinking how I really had thought they were friends of mine. I really did. I thought they were friends. And all the while I was around people that couldn't celebrate what God was doing in me. They didn't understand what God was doing in me. And so then I had, in order for me to seek God with all that I had, I had to shed the people that couldn't do that for me. And that was hard. It was hard because they were my people, I thought. But but something happens when I got around, I got around some people that saw me, that celebrated me. You know, whenever I met Teresa and Pam and Dred at the time, and, you know, I remember they would just make me feel like I was just the best, like I could do anything, like I had gifts, and I just felt like I didn't have anything, really. But they saw me. It's important that you get around people that can see you. Because if you don't have a vision for yourself and you're just really trying to get God's vision over your life, and if you're around people that remind you of an old vision, it's going to be really hard to run your race and run it very well. You will be constantly trying to cover ground you've already covered. And, you know... You just, you want to be on God's side, even if you don't understand it, even if you don't get it, even if it feels confusing, even if it feels like you're losing out on something, you just want to be on his side. You just really do. Even if you don't think it is his side, honestly, you're not even the person that judges that. That's the truth. You're not the person that judges it. That would be between that person and God. Anyway, that was a tangent. You know, the enemy, he, he comes in at, at really small intervals. There, there isn't probably a person, um, a person in here that, you know, if you found yourself in any kind, in this is probably past life, I don't know that you, no, I'm not going to say that, that's not true. Um, if, if maybe if you had a past life or maybe you had a lot of sin, you probably didn't just find yourself knee deep and just a bunch of crap, you know, it was probably a little bit of stuff over time. 
you know, it was probably a little bit of, you know, um, you know, soft boundaries or leniencies, just kind of letting little things in at a time. And so then you start making some alliances with, you're not really trying to have holiness, you know, that's not really a thing anymore. You're just trying to see like kind of what you can get away with. You know, you begin to, you begin to kind of drift off course. And whenever we have alliances that aren't godly and aren't holy, they cause us to drift off course. And what's, what can be really, um, sad is that you don't even know that it's happening. The more, the more that you allow your heart to be aligned with things that aren't of God, then it begins to make you numb to the things of God. It begins to make you numb to his spirit leading you. It begins to make you a little bit more numb to hear his, that, that gentle, Hey, you don't want to do that. Hey, Hey, be careful. Be careful. So you have to really be careful that you guard with all diligence your tenderness with the Holy Spirit. Guard that with all that you have because that is your very life source. That's how you know that you are in great alignment with God and what God is doing. Um, if you will, um, let's go to Matthew. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Second uh, Corinthians 6. Do y'all have some time? Because I need to read it in both those versions. Okay, perfect. It says, don't continue to team up with unbelievers and mismatched alliances. Paul's teaching here includes marital businesses, not marital businesses. <laughs> Although sometimes that's what that is, but that's not what I meant. Uh, <laughs> Paul's, Paul's teaching here includes mar marital marriages, business, personal relationships, we never abandon our responsibility to reach the world, but we just need to be careful how it affects us. But it says, but we must steer clear of relationships that will divide our loyalty to Christ. For what partnership is there between righteousness and rebellion? Who could mingle light with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and Satan? Because remember, there's not a middle there's not gray. This is a black and white, black and white. Um, or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What friendship does God's temple have with demons? For indeed, we are the temple of the living God. Just as God has said, I will make my home in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. For this reason, Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Says the Lord, come out and be separate. Touch nothing that is unclean and I will embrace you. I will be a true father to you and you will be my beloved sons and daughters, says the Lord, Yahweh Almighty. Well, let's go, I want to read in the message. Don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership. That's war. Is light best friends with dark? Does Christ go strolling with the devil? Do trust and mistrust hold hands? Who would think of setting up pagan idols in God's holy temple? 
But that is exactly what we are, each of us, a temple in whom God lives. God himself put it this way. I'll live in them, move into them. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. So leave the corruption and compromise. Leave it for good, says God. Don't link up with those who will pollute you. I want you all to myself. I'll be a father to you. You'll be sons and daughters to me. The word of the master God. I want to just bring a little bit of clarity what I'm saying here. I'm not saying that you, you know, that you don't be friends with, like that you're not trying to minister to people, that you're not, you know, actively going after to deliver people. But this is the deal. There should be strict, um, there should be constraints to who are your friends and who are in the inner circle of your world. And so if you if you are participating in friendships and relationships that if y'all have opposing beliefs then you're actually you're you're causing your water to get polluted because you're not going to be able to flirt with the world and also have God. So I I understand, you know, this you know, I want to be clear too. I know that, you know, sometimes in marriage, there's uh, different hunger levels. There's, you know, different um, degrees of serving God. And I would just, to that, I would just say that you've got to really seek God on what is your, how you navigate all that. But that's not saying just go out and get a divorce. That's not what that's saying at all. So you have to really be able to navigate all that with the Holy Spirit well. But I think the main goal is whenever you're living your life, you need to make sure that you choose your friends wisely and you need to align yourself properly. Because if you want to run life hungry and passionate for God, you don't want anything to dilute you. And if you if you surround yourself with people that aren't hungry for God and you're the only one hungry for God, it will rub off. Not to say now you can minister to them, you can take them to church, you can do all that. That's amazing. But as far as if if you're going to let them have entrance into your heart and they're going to be speaking advice and all that, and it's going to be anti-God because there's God and Satan, there's not a middle ground, then you have to be careful on what you allow in to shape your inner world. Okay, you need to choose that very wisely. Because I, I will say that, does any, can anybody feel the spiritual um, war in the atmosphere? Have y'all felt that at all? I mean, it's pretty, I think you'd almost have to be dead to not feel it, I think. But, you know, the, there there's a war. There is a war and it is for keeps. And so if you are not actively you know, just filling yourself up, man, God, like I just got to have you like come and keep filling me and keep filling me. Then before you know it, you can start getting numb towards the things of God. Like you've got to keep, you've got to keep nurturing your heart, aligning with yourself, aligning with him over and over and over again. Sometimes it's just throughout the whole day. It's just like, man, yes, God, you're just, you're my center. You're who, you're who I long for. You're you know, whatever it is for you, you know, you've got to keep making yourself align yourself with him over and over and over again. And if you're in an environment that it's, you know, pretty 
difficult, then you, all the all the more that you need to really manage your intake and what you're um, listening to, what you're watching, the things that you're ingesting, because that will steer your soul and that will cause you to go in a direction that you may not want to go. So, you know, really choose um, choose what kind of people you're going to listen to. This is preaching. You know, don't just listen to every single ministry there is. That will make you really divided. You need to choose a lane. And, you know, I'll never forget. That was probably one of the greatest things that Teresa ever did for me. And she was like, stop listening to so many people. And it was true. I got to where I, I didn't even know what I believed anymore. Because, you know, one person believed this, one person believed that. And so then it was just tossed all around. And so you really do have to find your lane and stay in it. And you will see that God will really nurture your heart there. Um. Uh, you know, the definition for ally says to, um, it says to associate or connect by some mutual relationship or resemblance or friendship. It says to enter into an alliance. See, the enemy is trying to get you to align with the things of his kingdom. He's trying to get you to look at people through eyes of judgment because then that aligns you with his kingdom. He's trying to get you to be jealous of them because that aligns you with his kingdom. You've got to know what are the things that are of the enemy and what are the things of God because that is what you're aligning yourself up with. You'll have an alliance with one of the kingdoms in any given day. Pay attention at work. Pay attention who you gravitate to. Pay attention to who gravitates to you. Pay attention because if you find yourself and gossipers are coming to gossip to you, mm, mm, chances are you become a magnet and you've aligned yourself improperly. Mm-hmm. I only, I, listen, I know it because I've done it. I've done it good. I've done it really, really poorly, really poorly. I mean, I've talked about it before that, you know, I had... I had been given, you know, entrance into these people's lives that I worked with and I squandered it, you know, because they had something I needed. And so then, you know, I lost my I lost my influence there because I was influenced by them instead of influencing them. So it's it's a real thing. And if you're insecure and if you think that people are going to be the ones that meet your needs, then you will easily give up your authority to align with whatever they have, especially if they have a domineering spirit that they carry. And if you have more of a Ahab spirit, then you will be willing to get underneath and give them your authority just because that's what easily more fits your, the, your ease of your flesh to just get right on under. So be careful on what, who you're aligning yourself with, especially at work. Just pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention if people... Whenever they're talking to you, if they, you know, feel really free to just, you know, talk bad about everybody, you know, like that, that shouldn't be like people should have some checks. It's like, uh, probably not her, you know, or him. I shouldn't feel so free to do that. Just pay attention to how people interact with you and just really ask the Holy Spirit, have I allowed myself to align with people that were not godly? And that's actually created a kind of ecosystem around me with them because you'll have to break that. And 
you know, chances are there's just going to have to be a lot of repentance that you'll have to do to be able to do that. Um, there's there are a lot there's alliances within the spirit realm. There's alliances with people, and then there's our alliances in our actions and our deeds. So I love the word. I love the word that it gives us such excellent um, ways of knowing what God likes. We can't ever say that we don't know what God likes, right? Can anybody say that? I mean, no, we can't. We know the things that God likes. He says that he that he resists the proud. So what does he love? He loves humility, right? He loves that. So then we know, okay, well, a way that I align with God, the way that I become like his character is I get humble. I get low. These are the things that I know whenever I, whenever I position myself with him, then I actually, I'm in my perfect alignment with him. If you don't know what it, are the things of God, then you've got to get in his word and learn. Like not reading it isn't an excuse for ignorance. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> it's there. We, we just got to read it. We got to read the thing. We got to get in there and we got to study it. We got to see God. Help us open our minds to think like you think. How can we live the way you live? Really ask him how you can change the way that you personally live to match that of the word, because he will show you. Um, in, let's see. Um, in 1 Peter, you're going to turn to 1 Peter 1. I'm going to start at 13. It says, so then prepare your hearts and minds for action. Stay alert and fix your hope firmly on the marvelous grace that is coming to you. For when Jesus Christ is unveiled, a greater measure of grace will be released to you. As God's obedient children, say obedient children, we show our we show that we are his kids by our obedience. So don't be acting like you can just do anything you want to do and then be like, yeah, but I'm his daughter. I'm his son. I can do anything I want to do, though. As God's obedient children, never again shape your lives by the desires that you followed when you didn't know better. Instead, shape your lives to become like the Holy One who called you. For Scripture says you are to be holy because I am holy. Everything about God is holy. True holiness includes justice, mercy, truth, and righteousness. To be holy is to be absolutely devoted to God in all that we do, demonstrating who he is to the world. Holiness surrounds God's throne, and we are seated with him in heavenly places. The Hebraic concept of holiness is set apart. That is, we are a people set apart for God, even as God is set apart from all gods. Grace has embedded holiness into our lives, yet we are to make right choices and to yield to Christ and God's word as the Holy Spirit lives in us. Holiness is not merely actions we perform, but what we absorb and manifest as we live our lives in God's presence. Christ is our holiness. 
Say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to say just um, a few godly alliances. Um, one is align with godly people. Now, there is no such thing as perfect people, right? I didn't say align yourself with perfect people. That's not what I said. Align yourself with godly people. What godly people are, are people that love him, that are are devoted to him, are yielding their lives to him, who actually practice what the word preaches, that doesn't just try and jab something down somebody's throat, but actually really believes it and lives it and is the thing. So it's not perfect people. It's just godly people, which we all are just trying to be just more like him, right? That's I'm trying to be more like him. Number two is pattern your life after the word. That's how you stay in your godly alliance. Three, resist the enemy. How do you resist the enemy? You know, you've got to, how, how many of us actively go after the lies that we get bombarded with, or do we just sit down with them and say, yes, that one's true. That's not resisting the enemy. We have to resist all of his lies, not some of them, not two thirds of them. It's all of them. It's every bit of them. Whenever we resist the enemy, we resist him having any influence in our minds. We resist him having any influence in our actions. We resist him having influence in how we treat others. We resist him having any kind of uh, access into our hearts in any type of way. And so that means that we have to we have to think about the things we think about. We can't just have those weird little thoughts that just trail off and then we don't get them in any kind of way. No, the Bible says we what? We have to actually take those things and we have to make them come under the obedience. I mean, have y'all ever felt the difference? I mean, I, let's seriously, like I've had thoughts that come, I've had thoughts come and then it's like, oh, well, that was not a good thought. And then just kind of, eh, just kind of just, you know, batted it off a little bit. But then you notice like a day later and it's like, oh, something is going on with me. I'm not quite right. I'm not quite there. And then whenever you start talking to the Holy Spirit about it, he reminds you, no, you actually had that thought that you didn't do anything with. You didn't actually take that thing. Whenever you take it, you look at it and then you get God's truth on it. You line it with the word until that thing has to match up. And then it gets squished into the ground and it loses all of its effect on us. So that's what that's what we have to do. We have to take our thoughts. We have to take the lies. We have to take them and we have to crush them. We have to <clears throat> come on, step on it. So we have to resist the enemy. We have to take our thoughts captive. We have to make sure that our thoughts are aligning with God. Uh, four, we do what is pleasing to the Lord. That's pretty easy, right? Husbands, wives, don't you just like do things that are pleasing to your spouse? I mean, you just do. Our friends, like we want to just do things that are pleasing. We don't do it because he's going to be mad. We do it because it's our heart. Like we love him. So do the things that are pleasing to him. Um, stay in your lane. This one is a really big one. 
And this is this is one that I find takes a lot of people out. And it's actually taken me out too. That whenever God has given us each specifically a lane, a, um, a target, then we can sometimes get so off on so many different things. We don't even know where to align our hearts with anymore because we're just over here, over there. And then we, we actually don't do anything with the thing that God has actually given us to do something with. So it's really important that you stay in your lane and you choose a life of service. Serve your people. I love that Jesus summed up everything by just what? Love God, love people. That's not always easy to do, is it? It's not always easy to do. Um. We get to be an ally of God by living our lives according to his ways. In our relationships, we can either be an agent of healing and a helping of others, or we can be ones that tear down what God is doing. We are not meant to be pulled into wars and battles that are not ours to fight. Okay, so this one here, this may, this may annoy some people. Because, you know, just because there's a lot of junk going on in the world doesn't mean that you're supposed to be praying about everything. I mean, like, let's just, you know, we're on the trans thing right now. Trans, 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 trans. I mean, if you had, if you had the enemy's way, you would have every Christian praying over trans and then they wouldn't even be doing anything else. Like, like that's how it works. Like the enemy, the enemy will actually have the ability to control prayer movements that he, he can actually, he can actually get Christians so caught up in focusing on things that aren't their thing that then they don't even do the thing where God has actually marked them. Like their spot that they're actually over is vacant because they're over there dealing with something else that wasn't their thing to deal with. And so if you, if you're an intercessor, then you just need to know what is your, what's your target. It can't be everything as you well know. I mean, how could it be everything? It's not like you could just have a machine gun and you just machine gun prayers all over the place and hope that something hits. Well, no, like God is very, very specific and he wants to use you specifically. And if you want to stay in correct alignment with him, stay in your lane and don't get pulled into battles that aren't yours to fight. I mean, I remember we would just pray just about everything. We'd just pray. We'd pray. I mean, we wouldn't even know. We would just pray about everything, and we would just pray every kind of prayer. And, you know, God, it's like we laugh because, you know, like one person would be like, bind it. The other person's loose it. And it's like, which are we going to do, God? Come on. What are you going to do now? I mean, like there's there's not even a cohesive agreement with Christians on which way to go. So stay in your lane and you'll find anointing where your where your lane is. Don't get pulled away what isn't yours to be pulled away in. That includes family. I'm just going to call it. If you are so consumed with your family, be careful cuz that will rob you too. Be careful. Mhm. People who are hungry for God surround themselves with like-minded people. 
They don't have time for the fake kind of friendships. Deep, 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 deep. Okay, um, ungodly alliances. Let's move to that, shall we? The enemy can't pull us out of covenant, but he can't convince some to join him in his false alliances. So how do you get into some ungodly alliances? When you're living from lies, you just get tossed around all the time by lies. So trying to prove this one not true, trying to prove this one not true. And so then you're just led by whatever it is is for that day, whatever it was that the enemy spoke, you're just going to do something against it. And then he actually is the one. I just got to say this real quick because this, this thing, this thing annoys me, but you know how, um, you know, so of course everybody knows my history. I had years and years of deep drug addiction and, you know, I was a hot mess. I mean, I hot messed all over the place and I mean, I'm sure there's probably news footage of my hot messes that I, that I did. And I remember though, it's like I would see people after their hot messes and after they had some clean sobriety time. And then before you know it, like everybody was going to go be a drug and alcohol uh, uh, counselor. That was like the thing. I'm going to go deliver people from drugs and alcohol. And I was thinking to myself, man, like that can't really be it. Like, like people in their deepest pain and the way that they try to escape pain, that can't be like their whole destiny is just that thing. Like surely not. Like just because you survive something doesn't mean that, that your whole life then has to go into saving other people in that thing. Does it mean that you will be used of that? It's highly possible. I mean, I'm sure that God will use you to deliver some people, but that doesn't mean your whole entire life gets thrown into that thing. And that's just where you're all, you know, just head over hills and just there. Um, okay, so number two, becoming indifferent to the things of God. We're talking about ungodly alliances. Whenever you can sit and listen to like miracles and whenever you can sit and hear people so moved by God and then you have like, no, just like you don't care. That's not a good, that's an ungodly alliance. Like I'm just telling you, if you want, if you want to have a miracle yourself, man, whenever you see people celebrating, just jump in on that thing. Just get in on that thing. Like it was yours and you'll see it begins to break off some of that crankiness off of your some of that cranky stuff off. Uh, number three, uh, we're talking about ungodly alliances, okay? Partner with greed, jealousy, and the sort. So the things that God hates, we partner with those things. We don't want to do that. Four, certain industries in the world are an alliance in the spirit realm. Oh, I'm going to do it. Are y'all ready? I'm going to do it. <laughs> Music industry, huge, 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 huge. That is a huge industry. The political industry, another huge industry. The porn industry, another huge industry. The drug industry, that includes pharmaceutical companies and um, illegal substances. These industries, they actually have an ecosystem that is swirling about and whenever you have alliances with them, whenever you listen to them or you 
um, spend money on them. You actually get into a flow with the enemy. So I just really want to encourage you, man, just don't. If, if you're into any of that, just get out. Don't. Music is a huge thing. Music is, since, since the enemy, since he was put over music, then you've got to know that he is still, he didn't lose that anointing. He didn't lose it. It's not like he fell and that he lost his anointing. He carried that with him and he knows how to capture people in the music industry. So it's, it's dangerous if Christians actually, I wouldn't listen to um, secular music. It's just, I don't even, it would hurt my spirit. First off, for you to be hungry and on fire for him, and I don't see how you can do both, but I'm not going to judge, but I don't know how. I know I couldn't, but. Um, okay, number five, break free from the religious spirit. You've got to break free from the religious spirit. If that is an alliance with the enemy, the religious spirit is the enemy. It's not God. When we accuse people or stand in places of judgment over others, we leave our divine places to be an ally with God and we align ourselves with the enemy. God has to resist us to defend another from our words or actions. So if you are, if you're sitting and you're accusing somebody of something, you're accusing them falsely, God actually will have to step in and protect them from you. And then he has to resist you. And so it's, it really is, it's, it's more dangerous than just, yeah, I'm just going to talk smack on somebody. You know, it's, it's actually, you're doing something where God is having to actively oppose you and oppose your words. So. We just got to be careful on that one. Okay. Okay. Perfect. All right. Our emotions. We can have an ungodly alliance in our emotions. The enemy seeks to overwhelm us with what we see is wrong, that we are pulled out of our places of influence into places we have no power or authority. So say that we're picking up on something and then we, you know, it makes us feel away. And then we leave our positions of power and then, you know, maybe we start accusing others or whatever Then we actually make an alliance. We took what, what God could have been showing us and then we turn it and then we partner with the enemy. So we don't want to do that either. Do we say, no, we don't, we don't want to do that. Um, it says he will tug on our emotions and get us to react. And we are thrust into battles. We were not ready for. You know, I think sometimes we're trying to war in the heavenlies and we haven't even learned how to like war and win the war within. And then we're trying to win like wars over territories. Mm -mm. That's a that's a fight. You don't want to engage in. Do we allow the world to dictate what our lives should look like? How much money should we have? What success looks like? What kind of music is acceptable? If we allow the world to dictate in any kind of way what our world should look like, then we have actually aligned with the enemy. God is no longer the author of our world. So I need to get this good job so that I can get this amount of money and so people can think good about me. That's aligning with a world system. And we all know what's going to happen to the world system, don't we? It's going down. It's going down. (laughs) 
Remember, it says your lives light up the world. For how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's placed where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that your commendable works will shine as light upon them. And then they will give their praise to your father in heaven. We don't want, we want to let our light shine brightly. We don't want to let them grow dim. We don't want to have, um, uh, I was going to say mixers, but that's not right. We don't, we don't um, what word? We don't want, I think that may be something different that I was thinking. Um, we don't want to have a mixed message. We don't want anything to dilute our message. And light and dark have nothing that are compatible. And so if, we, if we're claiming to be fully his, then we want to disown all things that don't fit with him, that don't match up with him, that aren't like him, that aren't in the covenant with him. So I just love that God actually, he just makes it so easy for us to follow. You know, we don't ever get under condemnation. We don't get under this weird religious thing that then we've got to make sure that we do things right. No, we just have to keep positioning ourselves before him and say, okay, God, is this pleasing to you? Holy Spirit, you have the right to direct my life. You have the right to have access to every part of me. You have a right to my decisions. You have rights to my thinking. And so I just am willingly saying you can have any part, anything that I need to get rid of, anything I need to do more of, I'm in. I'm all game. And if we just keep aligning with him and just like, man, God, you can have it. Read the word. Learn what learn what he likes. Partner with the things that are of him and you find that you actually will have great momentum. If you struggle in cyclic, um, just cycles of any kind, I would just encourage you what ha- to look at what happens that makes you begin to veer off course. You begin to have a wrong alliance with something, rather if it's a lie or, um, I mean, there's just a whole slew of things. But something happens that makes us go off and we're no longer in this great, um, perfect alignment with him. We've aligned with something else along the way. Um, let's see, before I close up, um, I want to just talk, uh, I briefly mentioned it just a minute ago. Um, but, um, there's something called the circles of connection. Okay. And what the circle of connection is, is I wish that I would have, uh, I wish I would have made a slide, but I didn't. But, um, what it is, is it shows like there's, there's this circle and within this circle, there's three to five people in the circle. Okay. So that this is you. And then this is your closest confidants. Okay, this is maybe your spouse, um, if that's a good one to have in that inner circle, or it could be anybody. Now, this these are the people that you trust with anything that they get they get access to you, unlike anybody else. 
Okay, they're the ones that they can they can say, hey, like let me shape that in you, or you know, they they really just get that um great um intimate place in your heart. Okay, so then that's like that's not just open to just anybody. Okay. So this is going to be a, a closed off space. And then you go out from there. And then those people, um, that's going to be bigger in number. Okay. So then those people, they get some more entrance into your heart, but not like the inner circle people. And so I want to encourage you that not everybody is going to be your inner circle people. And you need to make sure that you know who gets access to your heart, because those people are going to help you keep your alignment right with the Godhead. They'll be the ones to call you out and they'll be the ones to call you up. And so you want to make sure that you give entrance to people that can help you that that are safe for you. Now, you know, I I think that since, you know, there's been a lot of just obviously trauma in people's lives, then, you know, sometimes you have to learn how to trust people. And that's not a bad thing to have to do. You know, that's not bad. But I would just really encourage you to get around people that you can learn how to develop a strong, um, a strong foundation where you can really let them be able to see into you and help you call you into greatness. Because in order for you to run your race well, you're going to have to have people that are willing to call you up and call you out and do it in a place that's really loving and kind. And so, you know, I think the best place that you can be is in good godly alignment with people. We need people. We we need right people. We don't just need people. We don't just need numbers. We need good quality people. So make sure that the people around you are willing to tell you the truth. They're not just yes people. We don't need yes people. If you think you need a yes people or if you are a yes person, you need to check that because you don't want to be that you don't want to be a yes person, but we really do. We need each other in order for us to run our race. Well, we're going to have to do it with each other and we're going to have to have a good alignment. Just like our car. We can't let our car get out of alignment. Neither can we our inner hearts. If our little inner hearts get out of alignment, then before you know it, we're in a ditch. I've been in a ditch. Have y'all been in a ditch? It's not fun to be in a ditch. So just remember, think about your alliances. Think about who you're aligning with. Think about what your um, spiritual alignment is. Think about your thoughts. Think about your heart. What are your heart motives? And then think about the deeds, the things that you're doing with people. What's your alignment like? Are you aligning with things that are pleasing to God or things that are grievous to Him? You know, since we've been adopted into this beautiful covenant, I mean, think about it. Think of what all is ours because of the covenant. It's, it's just awe-inspiring. So we want to just make sure that we just do covenant well. We want to do things like the covenant maker designed. So let me pray. So Holy Spirit, I just thank you for all that you're doing in our lives And Daddy, I just say that we're just so grateful that you're a covenant God, that you chose these uh, jars of clay, these imperfect ones, that you chose us and you filled us with you and you said that that is pleasing. 
that you made us in your image and you said, yes, I love that. That is beautiful. So we just say yes to how you made us. And Daddy, we just say that we want to align our lives with you. We want to do the things that you are doing. We want to love the things that you love. And we want to hate the things that you hate. We don't want to call things good when you call them evil. And we don't want to call evil good. So teach us, Holy Spirit, teach us your ways. Teach us how to be on the same page with you. Show us when we're not. Show us when we're on a different book. Teach us. Show us. We're willing and open. And if there's anything in us that is not willing and open, help us. Help us. You're the only one that can help us. We need you. So we love you and we bless you and we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.